Well, my name is Bill Reeser. I'm the pastor of Encounter, and I want to welcome everyone out to the greatest place to be. That's right. He said that with a southern accent, and that's all right. Uh, welcome to our, we're going to continue on tonight in our prayer series, and normally I stand up, uh, but I woke up with a screaming pain in my knee that I could hardly stand, and this is not unusual. Uh, uh, several years ago when I started teaching warfare-type praying, and tonight's topic is warfare praying. It's not just a teaching on praying, uh, it's, an, it's an application tonight where at the end of the night, you're going to have every single tool you'll need to learn how to pray yourself warfare prayers so that you can win the spiritual battles in your life. So you want to make sure that you got a Bible. You want to make sure you're going to need a Bible tonight. If you don't have one, get one in a seat in front of you. You're really going to need it tonight. I used to do messages like this in Illinois, and the first time I did a message like this in Illinois, the, the day of my message, my, my computer actually fried up, just blew up, burned up. I lost all my notes, uh, lost all my previous talks. There was no backup, and, uh, and I knew it was just warfare. I waited about a year later, did a similar message. The same night that I did the message, my computer blew up again. Uh, but this time I had it backed up, and this time I didn't need, the, I didn't need so much the notes. I waited about another year to do another warfare message, and I wound up in the ER in a hospital room thinking I was dying, and I thought I was having a heart attack, had a migraine, I couldn't see. I was in there for about six hours, and they were running every single test that they could possibly run on my body, on my heart, on my blood, and everything. And finally, at about two o'clock, they said, we can't find a single thing wrong with you. And I felt like I was dying. I just said, you know what? I'm preaching on warfare tonight. I just took all the tubes off of me, and I just hardly could see, and I just walked, uh, just, just drove to the church that night in Rockford, Illinois, and just started preaching on warfare. First time I did this message, at, uh, at my church that I used to work at here uh, in Santa Clarita, uh, my computer fried. Uh, it blew up, my whole computer blew up again. And this morning, uh, I didn't tell a lot of people that we were going to do a warfare praying talk, and I woke up and I couldn't walk, and I just got back from urgent care. They just shot up my knee with cortisone, and it didn't work. But I know that God's my healer, and this is just a spiritual battle, and I'm probably going to feel like doing a cartwheel at the end of this service. I just got to get through this service. And so, but even as I was telling you all those things that, you know, about spiritual battles, about Satan, about the devil and warfare, you're probably thinking, nah, I'm not sure if I believe that stuff. I'm not sure, you know, just, just give me some good old fashioned Jesus and I'll be fine with that. And you know, I got a friend of mine in Kentucky, his name is Gary Black and he's a minister at, at the church that the, me and Carolyn came from and he wrote a piece uh, and I want to share it with you. And, uh, and, and here's what my friend Gary Black wrote. He said, I'm going to steal your car. I'm serious. I already have a plan. I've been watching your driving habits and observing your daily interests and schedule. And to put it another way, I've been observing you and I understand more about you than you realize. I understand more about you than you understand about yourself. And so when the time is right, I'm going to steal your car. And I'm going to drive it away. And you won't believe how fast it'll happen. You won't even believe it actually has happened to you. And not only will I steal it, but I'm going to chop it up. I know how to take identification numbers from the engine frame and the transmission. And I know how to sell it to friends of mine who will sell it to friends of theirs who will ultimately sell it to strangers. You see, I'm part of a highly active, effective group. And I can say with assurance that you will never see your car ever again. 
ever again. Now, you may be thinking that's not an effective way to start a message on how to win the spiritual battles in your life and how to overcome spiritual warfare. But let me tell you why that's effective. Because you don't believe I'm a car thief, do you? Well, think again. I'm from New York. I can get in any car I want. (laughs) Or precisely, you don't believe I'm capable of doing what I just said. You really don't. Which is why car professionals and car professional thieves are so good at what they do because you don't believe you're being watched. You don't believe they're looking at your every single move. You don't believe that you're vulnerable. You simply just don't believe that your car being stolen is going to happen to you. Now let me read this in real life terms to you. Hi, my name's Lucifer. And I want to share a little secret with you. I'm going to steal your joy. I'm going to steal your soul. I'm going to steal your faith. I'm going to steal your identity. I'm even going to steal your sanity. You see, I've been watching you. And I know you. I know your schedule. I know your habits. I know what you do when no one else is looking. I know what tempts you. And I know how to capitalize on that. And when I make my move, it's going to happen fast. It'll happen so fast, you won't even believe it'll happen to you. You see, I'll attack your family, including your children. I'll distract you. I'll derail you. I'll resist you and ultimately do my very best to destroy you. And by the way, I have friends that will help me. I'll chop up your soul and pass it down the line to all my good friends that are on my side. My friends and I will invade your mind. They will invade your body, your emotions, and will paralyze you with crippling thoughts and paralyzing fears. I'll attack you physically, mentally, and emotionally. And at just the right time, I'm going to steal your joy. I'm going to make you drive it off a cliff. I'll put thoughts of doubt, discouragement, delay, difficulty, despair, depression, discomfort, and darkness to cloud your mind. Friends, you should know I'm good at this. And one of the reasons why I'm so good at this is you don't even believe me. You don't even believe that I exist. You don't believe I have a network of friends helping me. You don't believe I'm watching. You don't believe I'm studying you. You don't believe I know you better than you know yourself. I love people like you. Self-sufficient, self-assured, because you don't even know you're being deceived. And I love that most of all. Like I said, we're going to talk about how to win the spiritual battles in your life and overcome the spiritual warfare in your life. And frankly, I just did. Anybody listening? Friends, I want to tell you something tonight. The devil's real. And he hates you. And I would just like to admit publicly that I have, uh, I'm a racist. I am. I can't stand the devil. And he can't stand me. I hate him. 
He's the only guy I hate. And, his, and all of his friends. I can't stand them. And he knows. He knows I'm on God's side. And when you, when you decide to join God's team by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you become public enemy number one. It's evidence that you're on God's team. Otherwise, it probably wasn't a real decision or a commitment to really follow God. Because you will, in this life, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world, Jesus said. You see, he hates you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your finances, your life. He would be even happy for you to take your own life. He has a deliberate, willful plan against your life. He has a goal to destroy your mind, body, and soul, or all three. His purpose in doing this is to keep God's purposes from being lived out in your life. He wants to deny God the glory that he might receive from your life. He seeks to replace God with himself. That's his goal for every single person. And the devil not only desires to destroy your life, your possessions, your career, your family, your reputation in the community, he seeks, he seeks to destroy who you are. He wants to demolish your character. He wants to destroy your peace, your joy, your happiness, your contentment, your enthusiasm for life, your willingness to take godly risks your generosity, and every single good emotional state in your life he wants to rob you of. He has attacked every single person that has ever lived, and you are no exception. And as long as you are alive, you're going to experience spiritual attacks if you decide to follow God. For every day, you celebrate your sobriety, the devil is planning a relapse. That's the bad news. We can go home now. Here's the good news. You were born to win. Every single of us, every single one of us was born to win. We're supposed to win. We've been, we've been given the authority to win. And if you're not winning, you're not exercising the spiritual authority that's been given to you. 1 John 4, 4 says, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. We're going to be going through a lot of scripture tonight, so get ready. Uh, I just want to say this before we get into this really, really deep tonight. Satan's not afraid of you, but he is afraid of who is in you. He is afraid of who is in you. And see, when God's spirit, the Holy Spirit is in you, you never have to be afraid of anything I just said tonight. You never have to be fearful about that. But you do have to get dressed for battle. You do got to get dressed every single day. See, there are many Christians who don't believe in the reality of Satan. That's just dumb. He's alive and well on planet Earth, set on destroying the work of Jesus Christ wherever he can. Scripture clearly teaches this. The Apostle Paul said, we don't battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, Rulers of this dark world, powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. And Satan loves it when people refuse to believe in him. He loves it. That means he's totally camouflaged and covered by their lack of belief, which allows him to come under the radar, totally undetected. And if a person doesn't believe in the devil, 
He'll never seek to understand the traps that he continually falls in. He'll never seek to understand how to conquer the negative, addictive, downward spiral of temptation. He'll never learn to overcome guilt or deal with low self-worth, both of which weaken a person, which makes that person even more susceptible to temptations and attacks. The question is not whether he exists or not. It's whether we're engaged in warfare or not. The answers are clear. He does exist. We are engaged in warfare. We are tempted. The question we have to ask is, how can we survive, resist, and win this battle? And if you don't, if you don't combat this type of warfare strategically, it's going to take you out and you're going to be another casualty of war because of your casual approach to prayer and praying in authority taking back ground and exercising the authority that God's given you. Warfare praying is believing you have the authority in Christ to exact judgment on the enemy of your soul and experience what no weapon formed against you will prosper really means. It is power praying, fighting from a place of victory not for victory. It's trusting in the finished work of Christ, which we're going to get into all of this tonight. So it may take us a while, so hang with me. We're going to get through this as fast as we can. So I want to give you tonight, this is not so much a teaching or a lesson, this is a strategic battle plan that you can pray and get others to pray for you as you reject any and all casual approaches to your prayer life and living for God. And here's what you need to do each and every day. You need to pray these prayers daily. You need to know these scriptures. You need to meditate on these scriptures. And you need to somehow formulate all these scriptures that I'm going to outline for you and put them together in a prayer. Okay? Now, you don't have to worry about the prayer part because every single scripture I'm going to pray and I'm going to get through them, when I'm done through them, I'm going to pray them all together as a prayer and I've put it together as a prayer for you and you're going to be able to take this home with you. So if you're wondering, what's that prayer that Bill prayed at the end of the service? I wrote it down for you. And you're going to be able to take it home with you. This was a prayer that I modified just recently. This was a prayer that was given to me probably about two or three weeks after I got saved close to 20 years ago. And I've been praying this prayer for almost 20 years. You know, I found myself not praying it over the past year or so, to be honest with you. And I got back to it. Some people think, well, look at you, you're, you're hurting. I'm not hurting. This is just, I'll be fine. I know, I know what's at stake here. I've already taken authority over this little thing. You think this little thing is going to keep me away from this? No. So here's what God wants you to do. And here's your, here's your outline. You need to open up to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, and you need, you need to get dressed every day for battle and put on the armor. Now, we don't have time to get into the whole thing of Ephesians, but here's the best way to do it. If you're new to the Bible and you don't know, you, you know really how to look at it, what you do is you just open it up and you, just, and you just read it. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can st take a stand against the devil's schemes. Uh, what did I just say? So you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers. Did you ever think that your spouse, is, your friends, your boss is not your enemy? That you've been fighting the wrong people? Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, for some of you it comes every day, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Put the belt of truth on around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the saints. Now, you may not understand what all that means, but if you pray it out loud, and it's important for you to pray out loud, I was telling this to my, my friends at the, at the rescue mission last night. God knows your thoughts. And a lot of times when you're under spiritual attack, you're praying silently, but the devil doesn't know your thoughts, and he can't hear you. And so what you do is you declare things to God, but you're putting Satan on notice by, speak, by praying out loud. And when you start taking authority with your mouth verbally, you put him on notice because that's the last thing he wants to hear. And I had no idea when I started doing it. I, I, like I said, I was just a few, you know, a few weeks old walking into this thing. I had no idea you know, what any of this stuff really meant. I just read it and prayed it over my life. And God started answering those prayers and start, God started giving me victory over the spiritual battles in my life. So you need to pray Ephesians 10, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. You just need to read it and pray it over your life. You need to pray the armor over your life. We're going to do a whole other talk just on the armor. And then you need to look at Revelation 12. And you need to understand what God's saying here. And let me give you some background. It says this in Revelation 12. It says, This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all, with all of his angels. And then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. Listen to this very carefully. It has come at last. Salvation. You may want to underline the word salvation. And power. Underline the word power. And the kingdom. You may want to underline the word kingdom. And the authority of his Christ. Those are four major words and concepts right there. It has come at last. Salvation, power, the kingdom, and the authority. That's so important. So just, just hold on to those four things real quick as we finish the scripture. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses us before our God day and night. Have you ever heard an accusing voice? You're not that good. I'm not worth it. Am I good enough? Do I look good enough? Am I always doing the right thing? You ever hear that voice? Any, any, anybody? I mean, I, I mean, this is not a wicked convention. Come on now. Okay. Every day. But watch this. And they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony 
And the fact that they loved their life so much that they weren't afraid to die. They loved their life so much. You know what that is? All that is is the assurance of salvation. That's what that means. That you love your life so much that you give up your life. Because you surrender your life to Jesus and, and to know that when you breathe your last breath, you know you're going to be present with God, face to face with God. That's the assurance of salvation. But here's the deal. You need those four things. Salvation, power, the kingdom of God, and authority. You may want to write that down when you fill in the blanks. You see, you got to have those four things established before you can apply the blood of the lamb, the word of your testimony, and the assurance of your salvation to your life. You need those three things to combat the enemy. And I don't know if you've ever had anyone teach you how to pray the blood over yourself. Sounds like a weird concept. But that blood has done so much for us, and we need to know how to pray that over ourselves for spiritual protection over our lives. And I'm going to get into that in a few minutes. And that's so important. Next scripture, Matthew 18, 18, talks about binding the enemy and loosing the power of God. It's basically part of the prayer of the Lord's Prayer where Jesus said, pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so this is this whole concept of binding and loosing. And where to bind fear, where to bind strife, Jealousy, doubt, depression, discouragement, confusion. Because God has given us the keys to the kingdom. I'm not sure if you know that. You see, go back to those four things over there. Salvation, power, and the kingdom. See, if many of you are thinking, well, what is the kingdom? Well, Jesus said in Luke 17, 20, said the kingdom of God is within you. And because the kingdom of God is within you, in you, the kingdom of God is within you, God wants you to walk in the authority of the kingdom and operate under kingdom rules and operate under kingdom authority, exercising that authority over the enemy. Let me explain that a little bit. It's called the keys of the kingdom. You see, as co-heirs, that's what we are, if we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and as his representatives on earth, we have the right to exercise power over, over the enemy, as Mandy was talking about, in Jesus' name. That's why she was able to go to sleep that night in peace. He said, take heart, I've overcome this world. The peace I give you, the world doesn't offer. But we have territorial rights to exercise that authority and throw that name around, not lightly, but in authority, and he has to go in Jesus' name. Legal power usually in involves a particular jurisdiction. Jurisdiction implies the ability to administer justice in a specific area. What is our area? Since we're Christ's ambassadors, his personal representatives of the heavenly kingdom in this earthly kingdom, we have his authority throughout the earth. God partners with us to stand against the works of evil and to spread the gospel of Christ. He's given, Now, some of you are thinking, he's, even as I'm talking, well, that's, not, that's not for me. Well, you have as much power in you 
than anyone else. I don't have any more power in my prayers than you do because the same blood that rescued me rescued you, and God's no respecter of persons. If you accept Christ tonight for the first time, you'll have as much power in your prayers as anyone else in this room. See, Jesus revealed the extent of our authority when he said to the apostle Peter, he said, I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind, in other words, what you, whatever you declare to be improper and unlawful in God's kingdom, on earth must be already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, declare lawful, on earth must be already loosed in heaven. Matthew 16, 18, 19. See, the word kingdom in this passage refers to royal power and dominion involving the license or just the authority to rule. I'm not sure if you realize this, but you were born into a royal family where you have been given keys to rule and reign under that royal order. You know, the sanctuary church is crazy enough to give me and some of my leaders keys to this place. (laughs) I have keys. They gave me keys. I could come in here at any time. I even have the garage, the gate opener, and the front gate, and the alarm code to get in this place. How crazy is that that they would give Bill Reeser the keys to this building? It's because they trust me. Friends, Jesus trusts you, and he has given each and every one of you the keys of the kingdom. To you personally. He's given it to the church. Not only do we have access to those keys, but we have the right to use them. You've been given the right to use those keys. Jesus stated that he would give us the authority to bind and loose. The idea of binding and loosing was a concept commonly used by rabbis to signify judicial authority to forbid or permit. When executed in partnership with obedience to the Lord, we have the authority to direct access to justice, to direct justice in cases in the heavenly court of law. Now, we don't have the right to tell God what to do, but we do have legal rights, authority, and power to forbid what the Lord tells us to forbid and to release and welcome what he's designed for us to be set free with. Therefore, we have permission to forbid on earth what he already found guilty and forbidden in heaven. And we have the right to allow on earth what is found right and permitted in heaven. Knowing this, and now that you know this, the powers of darkness, instead of attacking us, should be trembling in fear. Knowing that you know that you have authority and the keys to the kingdom. They should be saying, oh no. What are they going to do to us today? We're going to tell them where to go. See, the devil is the only person you could ever tell to go to hell because that's where he belongs. That's where he's going to live forever. Truth is, the Lord's already declared that final judgment against Satan and his armies and his whole minion of saints, whatever they are, he's going to exact judgment on them. But until then, 
He's allowed to rule and reign and wreak havoc on our lives. But we have to exercise the authority so that we can win the spiritual battles. They no longer possess the keys to authority. Jesus restored the kingdom of God in our personal lives and in creation. And as Jesus, the keeper of the keys, gives direction through his Holy Spirit on a moment-to-moment, day-by-day basis, and we have the legal authority to execute his plans, provided we are walking in humility, holiness, and obedience. And when our kingdom plans are in concert with, with God's, and our character lines up with his, the authority to effect change is going to be realized in your life. Second thing, next scripture. Are you ready? Write, write this one down. You may want to go there. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. It's the concept of taking all our thoughts captive, casting down all false reasoning and lies. And I love how, how the chapter starts, and it says this. I'll get there. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So here's the deal. Pretensions and things that sets itself up against the knowledge of God are being, are being delivered to the doorstep of your mind each and every day. There's a thought that's a pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God that's being delivered to you faster than Amazon Prime each and every day. To the doorpost of your mind. You're getting bombarded with thoughts that sets itself up against the knowledge of God each and every day. And you got to learn how to take your thoughts captive. You just have to learn how to do that. How do you take, you know the best way to, listen, if Satan has access to our mind, how much more does the Holy Spirit and God have access to our mind by us reading God's word on a regular basis? That's why the Bible says, don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And if you're going to take a thought captive, you need to take that thought captive to something And it's best to take it captive to the truth of God's word because behind every self-defeating thing that you'll ever do is a lie that you believe, but for every lie that you believe is a truth that is written that you can apply to your life. And you got to learn to know that when a lie gets presented to you, there's a truth, and you got to ask the Holy Spirit to find that truth to take that thought captive to. And you got to understand how to do that. you got to learn how to do that. That's a spiritual discipline. That's not going to happen by you showing up looking for your sermon fix from myself or anyone else around the country. You've got to open up that book for yourself. You've got to get in that book for yourself. And no matter how many lies that have been presented to you in your life, God has an antidote of truth in there that you can take that thought captive to and walk in victory. And you've got to learn how to do that. No one else can do that but you. You've got to learn how to do that. Next, you've got to open up Psalm 91. You've got to read Psalm 91 each and every day. Those are 16 great promises of protection in Psalm 91. That was the first talk that I ever gave at the church that I got ordained in, and it's just an amazing talk. Uh, it's just an amazing psalm. It's, 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 
It's just 16 of one of God's most epic psalms that David wrote of his protection. Let me give it to you really, really quick. Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Do you see what that's saying? Do you see what that's saying? That's saying that 10,000 of Satan's minions, demons, whatever, are being defeated on your behalf every day. But it's not even going to come near your tent. Thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the most high your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. And here's, here's the best three. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him or her in trouble. And I will deliver him. I will honor him, and with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Do you think that's a good thing to read every day? Absolutely. Read it every day. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews. Go right. We're going to go on a journey. Stay with me. Go to Hebrews 1.14. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? One thing I love about my wife is that she knows how to pray for warring angels to do battle on our behalf. She's even prayed for Michael the archangel, for goodness sake. And we have to pray. God has dispatched angels to do battle on our behalf, but you know you have to pray for them. I have prayed for warring angels over my house, over my kids, over our lives, and over you. When one of you calls me and says, I'm in a spiritual battle, I, I, I pray and dispatch warring angels to do battle on your behalf. You don't see them, but you're not supposed to see them. But they're doing battle so that 1,000 and 10,000 people are being slayed in Jesus' name on your behalf because God has sent ministering spirits to us on our behalf. You have to learn how to pray for those. Just pray specifically for those. Ephesians 4.27. Check your anger and don't give the enemy any ground to work with. Can't have a root of bitterness in you. It'll cut you off from the power of God. It, 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 just, it just cuts you off. I mean, it says this, Ephesians 4, 27. Do not give the devil, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Do not give the devil a foothold. 
you go to, listen, you go to bed angry, you're going to give the devil a foothold. Give him a foothold, becomes a leg hold, becomes an arm hold, then it becomes a mind hold, then it becomes a stronghold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer. Listen, it says this in verse 31, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as Christ has forgiven you. Be imitators of God. As dearly loved children and live a life of love just as Christ loved, loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. You got, listen, you got a root of bitterness in you, you got, a, got some angry issues, you don't take correction well, you're not humble, you're gonna, the enemy's going to have a heyday over you. And, and God's not going to be able to use you and the enemy will just wear you out. 1 John 1, 9, like I said, 1 John 1, 9, this is important. You need to confess all sin. This is important. Why is this important? Because a lot of us that don't think we do anything wrong. You know, when we speak to people, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. Why you encounter? I'm perfect. That's great. Well, for all, for all you perfect people, listen, if you, listen, for all you perfect people looking for a perfect church, don't go there. You'll ruin it. Uh, this is the message we've heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This is for Christians. This is not for this is, this is a message for Christians. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word has no place in our lives. My dear children, I write this to you so that, you'll not, so that you will not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father on on our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But, anyone, but if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him, and this is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. So you can't have the whole Jesus thing Lovey, lovey, dovey, lovey, dovey all the time. Pastor Steve Miller. <laughs> Without the obedience. Oh, yeah, baby. I'll show you a good time. I know. I know what you're thinking. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> you got to confess all sin. Here's a big one. Write this next one down. Okay? Go to the book of Isaiah. Go left. Go to Jeremiah. Go before Jeremiah. You need this one. This is a big one. Women, you're going to need this one. Here it is. Are you ready? No weapon forged against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Do you ever have anyone accuse you of something that you didn't do? 
no weapon formed against you will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. You got to know that. You got to know how to pray that over your life. You got to read that, believe it, apply it, and say, God, I receive it, and I apply it over, over your life. You got to go to James, and you got to read James 4 every day. And you got to look at it and understand, and understand what it's saying. And this is so important for you, to, for you to just apply this to your life. Listen, this is the formula. Here's what James 4 says. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. In other words, repent. That's just repent. That's all he's talking about is repentance. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he'll lift you up. So here's the formula. Humble plus submit plus resist equals he will flee. He's not going to flee. The devil's not going to flee if you just resist. If you think you can just fight him without the humility, without the humble, the humbleness, humility, submitting to the Lord. Humble, submit first to the Lord in everything, not just Monday through Friday, in everything, every day, in every part of your life, and he will flee. Next, Jeremiah 29, 11. Go back left. Go back left. This is important. Anyone in captivity? Okay, good. You will be soon. All of us find ourselves captive by something. Everyone knows this one. We all know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. Yay! Everyone loves it. You know, people walk around, I see the T-shirts, Pinterest, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Yay! That's my life verse. Yeah, God's got a good plan for me. It's a good plan for hope. It's going to prosper me. Yay! You know, I love that scripture. Yay! I don't like 12, 13, and 14. No. No, that's for, that's for those legalists. No, no, I'm not going to do that. God's good. He loves me anyway. I'm his. But it says this, then you will call upon me and come. So it's two things. It's call upon me. It's also approaching God, running to God, and pray to me, and I will listen to you. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And then I'll be found by you, declares the Lord. And here's the, here's the bonus. And I'll bring you back from captivity. You're never going to be released from captivity until you seek him, come to him, pray to him with all your heart. Maybe you didn't hear anything else, but you heard that tonight. And that's what you're supposed to hear. And then we're going to talk about this one next week. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. And this is one of our anchor, uh, 12 anchors of hope scripture for this point. Be joyful always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that? Always have joy. You know, joy is a choice. 
I still, you, you know, you, you go to a, you go to a soda machine. You got Sprite, Coke, Pepsi, Dasani water. It's Italian water. It's a, and then you have joy. You can wake up every day and you can choose joy. And you can be determined that no one's going to take your joy away. And the Bible says, be joyful always. You know, people stop me in the streets or at Star- I say the craziest things to people at Starbucks. Okay. <laughs> people say, how you doing today? I said, joy was a crime, I'd be doing time. <laughs> I could, I'm telling you. And I said, first I say, any better they'd arrest me because if joy was a crime, I'd be doing time. And it is. I'm joyful. I'm joyful no matter what. I'm joyful in affliction. I'm joyful when I'm under attack. I'm joyful when I'm going through hard times. And I'm, not, I'm never going to stop praying. I'm never going to stop praying. You know why? God never stops praying for me. He loves, the Bible says he lives to make intercession for us. Do you know that? He's praying for you. Do you know that Jesus is praying for you every day, every moment, every hour? He's, he, that's him right now. He's calling me and he's saying, Billy, I'm praying for you. You know what? And then it says, give thanks in all circumstances. So next week's lesson is just two words. Are you ready? I'm not going to tell you. Next week's lesson is the two most powerful words you could ever pray, and they are, thank you. Thank you. I, went, I got ordained in a church that it's not uncommon for them to all of them say, thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning. That's a common theme for someone in an African-American church to say, thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning. And I love that. I learned so much about thankfulness, being in that environment. Be joyful always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Okay, so you got a list of scriptures. you got a list of passages to go through. That's your battle plan. you got to pray those scriptures. This is a detailed battle plan for those who want victory from all spiritual battles in their lives. And the last one is this. And this is important. Colossians 2, 14 through 15. One last scripture. Got to go there. Sorry. This is important. It says he canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Don't miss this. In this way, in this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He disarmed them, and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Let me read you another translation while we have time. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all of our sins. How many sins did he forgive you of? All of them. Not only did he forgive you of all your sins, don't miss this, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us. Did you know that there was a written code, the law, that declared you guilty in, in, in the heavenly courts that you were already condemned to spend an eternity separated from God forever, this side of heaven and for eternity, and there was a written code against you having canceled the written code with its regulations, that's the law, and stood opposed to us. Now, I love this. He took it away, nailing it to 
the cross. Therefore, enter Jesus Christ, the blood and grace. That's all that means. Now watch this. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Our lives are supposed to represent this victory that Jesus won for us on the cross. And the way he defeated the enemy, disarmed the powers and authorities, he's given us the power to disarm the powers and authority in our own lives. And if you're not walking in that authority, you're living underneath your privilege as a child of the one true king, and you're going to get your butt whipped in all seasons of life. And not only do you have to ask for that same victory, you have to pray it with authority. You have to pray it with authority. There you go. You guys can pass that out if you want. I'm going to pray this prayer. And this is how we're going to close our service. It's going to be a long prayer, just so you know. But come on up. And basically, this prayer is just a combination of taking authority of all the scriptures that I just presented to you, all put together in one prayer that you can put over your bedpost at night, put on your dining room, your light, your, your, your light post at night. This is a prayer that I've had for, for over 20 years, and I just recently modified it. And I'm going to pray it out loud. And if you have a copy, you can, you, can cop, you can follow along. But I encourage you to pray this prayer never silently. Pray this prayer out loud. Speak it out loud. Here it is. Heavenly Father, I bow in worship and praise before you. I cover myself with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ as my protection. I surrender myself completely and unreservedly in every area of my life to you. I take a stand against all the workings of the workings of Satan that would hinder me in my prayer life. I address myself only to the true and living God and refuse any involvement of Satan in my prayer. Satan, I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to leave my presence with all of your demons and I bring the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ between us. Heavenly Father, I worship you and give you praise. I recognize that you are worthy to receive all glory, honor, and praise. I renew my allegiance to you. And pray that the Holy Spirit will enable me in this time of prayer. I am thankful, Heavenly Father, that you have loved, me, have loved me from past eternity. And you have sent the Lord Jesus Christ into the world to die as my substitute. I am thankful that the Lord Jesus Christ came as my representative. And that through him you have completely forgiven me. You have adopted me into your family. You have assumed all responsibility for me. You have given me eternal life. And I am, thank I am thankful that in him you have made me complete and that you have offered yourself to be my daily help and strength. Heavenly Father, open my eyes that I might see how great you are and how complete your provision is for this day. I am thankful that the victory the Lord Jesus Christ won for me on the cross and in his resurrection has been given to me and that I am seated with the Lord Jesus Christ. I take my place with him and recognize by faith that all wicked spirits and Satan himself are under my feet. I declare, therefore, 
that Satan and his wicked spirits are subject to me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I am thankful for the armor that you have provided. I put on the girdle of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the sandals of peace, then the helmet of salvation. I lift up the shield of faith against all the fiery darts of the enemy, and I take in my hand the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. I choose to use your Word against all the forces of evil in my life. I put on this armor, and I live and pray in complete dependence upon you, blessed Holy Spirit. I am grateful, Heavenly Father, that the Lord Jesus Christ spoiled all principalities and powers and made a show of them openly and triumphed over them. And I claim all that victory for my life today. I reject all the insinuations, accusations, and the temptations of Satan. I affirm that the word of God is true, and I choose to live today in light of God's word. I choose, Heavenly Father, to live in obedience to you and in fellowship with yourself. Open my eyes and show me the areas of my life that do not please you. Work in me to cleanse me from all ground that would give Satan a foothold against me. I do in every way stand into all that it means to be your child, and I welcome the entire ministry of the Holy Spirit. By faith and dependence upon you, I put off the fleshly works of the old man and stand into all the victory of the crucifixion where the Lord Jesus Christ provided cleansing from the old nature. I put on the new man and stand into all the victory of the resurrection and the provision he has made for me to live above sin. Today I put off all forms of selfishness and I put on the new nature with its love. I put off all forms of fear and put on a new nature with its courage. I put off all forms of weakness and put on a new nature with its strength. I put off all forms of lust and put on a new nature with its righteousness, purity, and honesty. And I'm trusting you to show me how to make this practical in my daily life. In every way I stand into the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ, whereby all principalities and powers were made subject to him. And I claim my place in Christ Jesus as victorious with him over all the enemies of my soul. Blessed Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill me. Come into my life. Break down every idol and cast out every foe. And I am thankful, Heavenly Father, for the expression of your will for my daily life as you have shown me in your word. I, I therefore claim all the will of God for today. And I am thankful that you have blessed me with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I am thankful that you have made a provision so that today I can, be, I can live filled with the Spirit of God, with love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faithfulness, and self-control in my life. I recognize that this is your will for me, and I therefore reject and resist all the endeavors of Satan and his wicked spirits to rob me of the will of God. I refuse in this day to believe my feelings, and I hold up the shield of faith against all the accusations, distortions, and insinuations that Satan would put in my mind. I claim the fullness of the will of God for my life today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I completely surrender myself to you, Heavenly Father, as a living sacrifice. I choose not to be conformed to this world. I choose to be transformed by the renewing of my mind, and I pray that you would show me your will 
and enable me to walk in all the fullness of your will today. I am thankful, Heavenly Father, that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, to the casting down of imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and to bring every thought into obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, in my own life today, I tear down the strongholds of Satan and smash the plans of Satan that have been formed against me. I tear down the strongholds of Satan against my mind, and I surrender my mind to you, blessed Holy Spirit. I affirm, Heavenly Father, that you have not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. I break and smash the strongholds of Satan formed against my emotions today, and I give my emotions to you. I smash the strongholds of Satan formed against my will today. I give my will to you and choose to make the right decisions of faith. I smash the strongholds of Satan formed against my body to you today, and I give my body to you, recognizing that I am your temple. I rejoice in your mercy and goodness. Heavenly Father, I pray that now and through this day, you would strengthen and enlighten me. Show me the way that Satan is hindering and tempting and lying and distorting the truth in my life. Enable me to be the kind of person that would please you. Enable me to be aggressive in prayer and faith. Enable me to be aggressive mentally, to think about and practice your word and to give you your rightful place in my life. Again, I cover myself with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and I pray that the Holy Spirit will bring all the work of the crucifixion, all the work of the resurrection, and all the work of Pentecost into my life today. I testify to every principality power, even Satan himself, what the word says the blood does for me. Through the blood, I am redeemed out of the hand of the devil. Through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, all my sins are forgiven. Through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am justified, made righteous, just as if I've never sinned. Through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, I am sanctified, made holy, set apart to God. Satan has no place in me, no power over me. Over me. Through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, by faith in the authority given to me, I draw a bloodline in the sand and apply that blood over my mind, my body, and soul, declaring by faith that greater is he who lives in me than he who lives in the world. I surrender myself completely to you. I submit myself to you. I refuse to be discouraged. You are the God of all hope. You have proven your power by resurrecting Jesus Christ from the dead, and I claim in every way this victory in my life today, and I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ with thanksgiving, the name above all names, and that name is Jesus Christ, Lord God Almighty. Amen.